And now, welcome to another edition of Top Rope Report, the first one of 2024. And here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report here on Facebook Live, Google Podcast, and Spotify. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. And joining me again, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. Greg, what's happening? What up, Mike? Not much. So, we're going to be discussing day one, Monday Night Raw, the first, just like the top world report, the first show of the new year, 2024. Uh, and then we'll be talking some NXT. So, if you're ready, Greg, you can start us off. All right. Um, well, Monday Night Raw, this is the first Monday Night Raw, um, that they weren't going up against Monday Night Football since the second week of September. And they started out with Becky Lynch versus Nia Jax, which is the type of match you would have thought they would do against Monday Night Football. (laughs) You know, Becky Lynch coming out, opening up the show in a match, that may be something you keep watching. But um, as I stated, it was Becky Lynch against Nia Jax opening up the show. Um, You know, touted the match five years in the making. Um, For those that you that may know or may not know, Nia Jax is quote-unquote responsible for basically Becky Lynch evolving into the man. Um, I mean, obviously we'll never know. You can't go back in time. Who knows if Becky Lynch's popularity would have gotten to where it got to and would she be where she's at now if not for what happened to her in that Survivor Series quote-unquote invasion. Um, so this is their first match. Um, it was well chronicled, you know. After that happened, Becky Lynch came on and, and rode the, you know, to the top, to the main event of WrestleMania. Um, then, then Becky Lynch got pregnant. And then Nia Jax got fired, and then Becky Lynch came back, and now Nia Jax is back. I I, I really didn't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting much out of this match, but it was actually good. I actually really liked it. I didn't hate seeing Nia Jax in the ring, and I think this is a testament to, to showing how good of a performer that Becky Lynch is. I mean, she was wrestling just a few months ago, Zia Lee, and made Zia Lee look good. Uh, I mean, she, you know, and Nia, it was a competitive match. Yes, Nia Jax is never going to be like Ivar, a big person that can do amazing things off the ropes. And no, that's not Nia Jax. Um, 
She's just a big, strong, powerful woman. I really like this match. Um, very, very, very surprised that Nia Jax actually won. Kind of makes me wonder why. Um, is she now going to come out and are we going to possibly see Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax at Royal Rumble? Um, keeping Nia Jax out of the Rumble somehow by doing that. Um, but I really like this match. I gave it a good solid B. All right. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I thought this was a good way to start off the show. Excuse me. Nia surprised me with a lot that she did in the ring. Becky is Becky. I was surprised that she did lose. I thought that, uh, you know, they would have Becky win because, you know, they've been putting a lot of emphasis on her with some of her matches that she was having lately. And, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching the match. Nia Jax, you know, she... I can't remember what her finishing maneuver was called, but she squashed her off the ropes, and there was a, there was a couple of moves there that I didn't think Becky was going to be able to, to put on her, and she did, and that was that was quite impressive. So I, I thought it was a good match. I gave it an A. Yeah, I was trying to see... Uh, um, I want to say it's like the Devastator, the something like that. But yeah, I don't have it there. Um, okay. After that, we then had Cody Rhodes come down to the ring, um, kind of giving his response to Nakamura's A Nightmare Before Christmas bedtime story um, on the... Oh, Mike just Mike froze. Alright, folks. And after that, we then went to an in-ring promo by Cody Rhodes, um, where he had his response to the reading of Nakamura's A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. Yeah, I mean I I thought the promo was good. Well, I mean I thought it was okay. It was kind of short. I mean, I was waiting for Nakamura to come out, but I guess Nakamura wants to, you know, get Cody on the bigger stage. I was hoping something was going to happen. It, it didn't. Um, at the end, when, you know, Nakamura sprayed the red mist at the camera, I, I thought that was pretty cool. But it, it was just a, it was an okay promo in my book. I just didn't think it was that great, and I gave it a C. Okay. Um, right off the bat, I'll tell you, I, 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 I pretty much agree with your grade. I was C, borderline C minus. Um, I didn't, I didn't understand the promo. Um, I mean, we 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 mentioned it before. It's you know Nakamura talking in Japanese. It's it just even though you can read it on the bottom, it's just it, it's just not the same, you know. I just I don't like it. I think it's. I mean, how long he's been in WWE? Um, I mean, including NXT, it has to be you know a decade. Yeah, or close to it. You don't fucking know English by now. Come on, 
you're working in the United States of America where our primary language is English. Learn it. Um, yeah. I just, I didn't, I didn't really like it, didn't get it. And then it just kind of, Nakamura said what he said and the audience was just, eh. You know, I, yeah, so yeah, I agree with your grade. I, you know, borderline C minus to C. Okay. After that, we then went to the tag team matchup. Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci representing Imperium, um, taking on Kofi Kingston representing the New Day, and Jey Uso, main event Jey Uso representing his new singles career in a tag team match. Um, the start of this match was good. Um, I didn't, I mean, right off the bat, and I know I mentioned this to Mike, I, I don't understand the pairing. Um, I get that Xavier Woods is injured and you want to give Kofi Kingston TV time. Pair him up with somebody else. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who else you could pair him up with. Um, I mean, anybody. I mean, you, you could have used our truth in this and not in the Judgment Day things. And there's other wrestlers or other people that have issues with Imperium that he could have, they could have paired him up with. But Jey Uso left the, one of the best tag teams ever. Definitely, in my opinion, the best tag team in the last quarter century that you know that I've seen since I've been really watching WWE. Um, yeah, you may say demolition, eh, LOD, eh, I don't know. I really think it's the Usos. So you split them up to give main event Jey Uso a singles push, and then you put him in a random tag team match. Just didn't didn't understand it. Um. I thought you froze up again. <laughs> and uh, the match was going good. Then Kobe Kingston delivered a drop kick to Giovanni Vinci, and he connected. There was no – I don't know if Kofi was too close to Giovanni or Giovanni was too close to Kofi, but he knocked him into next Tuesday. And he went down. His head hit that mat. Um, they completed the little move there, and, and Kofi Kingston went tagged in Jey Uso. But before Jey Uso could even come in, the, the doctors that are ringside, the doctor, he, he was in there and told the ref that was it. it it's done. Um, it 100% was not kayfabe. He was knocked for a loop. He was. So, um, as we saw, you know, a month or so ago with Rey Mysterio, when uh, a couple of months ago, Rey Mysterio whacked his head on, on the floor, and, you know, they're taking this potential concussion thing stuff seriously. They stopped the match, um, awarded the match. Um, Kofi Kingston, J.U. so winning uh, via. Um, referee stoppage. Um, I know you had debated as to whether you were going to, what grade you were going to give or you were going to give it an incomplete. I, I, I kind of agree with that. 
Um, I mean, I, I have to. I feel like I have to give it a grade because I'm the one that says, "Oh no, if it was on, you got to give it a grade." But isn't I guess maybe incomplete is a grade? Yes, no. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it just a C. Okay. Yeah, I, that's originally what I thought. But then I rewatched the match, and first of all, I want to reiterate what you were saying about this thing with main event Jey Uso. You know, why bring him in Monday Night Raw singles if you're going to put him in a random tag team? I would have rather seen Kofi Kingston and Ricochet as a tag team. Yeah, actually, yeah. That, you know, that's a great call right there. Yes. I would, I would, thank you. I would have rather seen that, but I mean, that drop kick was, I think he just woke up from that. I mean, that was, that was not planned. And kudos to the referee and the medical staff for being right on it they did you know stop the match right away i mean the match was going along good i was enjoying the match um well like i said to greg earlier i was going to give it an incomplete then i rewatched it and i said well i think the match deserves a b so i gave it a b okay um app now this next thing, I don't know if you graded it separately. If you graded the in-ring banter with the Miz, R Truth, um, and then Dominic and JD McDonough separate from the match, or did you do it all one? I graded Miz TV and then the tag team match. All right. So we then had a, I guess, an impromptu episode of Miz TV. Um. Trib, what do you think? I loved it. I mean, Miz is great on the mic. We all know that. I mean, when Judgment Day came out, I expected to see the whole crew come out and, you know, circle Miz or circle the ring or whatever outside. And all of a sudden, here comes J.D. McDonough, Dominic Mysterio, and then R-Truth happened to join in. And R-Truth no, was me. No, 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 no. No, our truth is out in the ring before. Oh, our truth was in the ring. Before he came, came out, out when the Judgment Day music hit. That's when our truth came out. That's right. He came out, and then the other ones turned for the tag team match. Uh yeah. I mean, it was funny. I love our truth. I'm glad he came back. I thought he made the whole segment, and you know, because of that, with the with our truth coming in, and you know. Being a guest to start off, I gave that segment a B. Okay. Um, yeah, normally when we see Miz TV and we see guests, you just nice cup. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know what you have in yours, but I have. Uh, I took a hot chocolate packet and put in the bottom, and then brewed a cup of coffee over it. So it's like my own little mocha frappe. Um, but anyway, sorry. Back to a regular schedule program, and. Um, yeah, but this was actually, it was funny, it was entertaining. Um, I can't agree with you enough about our truth And then, uh, you know, Dominic and J.D. McDonough come down, and J.D. McDonough starts talking, and then the moment, I mean, Dominic got booed louder than anybody in that arena that night, and it was his hometown. Normally, even when you're in your hometown, even if you're hated, you still get a few cheers. 
Not at all. Um, and once again, I've said it a million kajillion times. At times, I'm still not 100% certain that they're not feeding in a little bit of extra noise on TV for Dom. Um, and whether they feed that through the sound in the arenas, I don't know. Um, but still, it, it was still loud. Um, and yeah, I, I'll agree with your grade totally of, of a B. Um, okay. I mean, I, I've been to some live shows where, regardless of how loud the crowd is, the guy with the microphone can still be heard. Dominic, you can barely hear him. So I think maybe once the crowd starts booing or whatever to make it more interesting, I think they turn the sound down on his microphone. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. They, they might do something. I don't know. Um, but this little in-ring promo then turned into a tag team match of the Awesome Truth, right? That's what it's called? Yeah. The Awesome Truth um, against the Judgment Days. It was <laughs> R-Truth and Amiz together taking on J.D. McDonough and, and Dominic. Um, the beginning of the match, um, the Miz started off and, and R-Truth was in one of the neutral corners because he didn't know where to go. He didn't know who he was tagging with. Um, at one point in the match, he went over to the corner and tried tagging in Dominic when J.D. McDonough was already in the ring. Um, but even with all that being said, it, it was a decent match. Um, I mean, I like the promo more than the match. Match maybe had a little bit too much funny in it, but some of the things that our truth can still do in the ring at his age are just remarkable. Some of the way he twists and flips and does the things that he does and how athletic he is. Um, the man's in great shape. Um, so that just adds a little bit extra to, to our truth. Um, so I didn't, I didn't like the match as much as the promo. So I'll give it a B minus. Okay. I definitely gave it the same grade. I liked, I liked the match to an extent where R-Truth made it funny. You know, like you said, he went over to tag Dom, and then he goes to to punch Miz and pulls a Shawn Michaels against Ric Flair, I love you, and he goes to hit him, and he missed, and hit uh, and he moved and hit J.D. McDonough. And, I mean, I, I thought that was, that was funny, because R-Truth actually looked confused. Where do I go? You know, which corner? And it was all planned out. It was perfect. And uh, I gave it a B minus as well. Okay. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention after JD McDonough and Dominic were walking up the apron after losing, walking up the ramp, R Truth is leaning over the rope and like looking at him and kind of, you know, gives a, a nice big wink to him, you know, like, hey, yeah, I got you type deal. Yeah. After that, we then went to a singles matchup between Ivy Nile. Oh, excuse me. And Rhea Ripley for Rhea Ripley's... I believe she has the WWE Championship. I don't know. I don't remember how they renamed the two titles. So, for Rhea's title. Trib, what did you think of the match? I was pleasantly shocked. Pleasantly surprised at the way Ivy Nile 
performed in this match. I mean, she's all of what? Like Alexa Bliss, five foot nothing. She's very muscular. She's she's really new to wrestling because you see her as a valet for the Creed brothers. But I really thought she did a great job in this match. I mean, was it was she was Rhea in danger of losing the match? No, it wasn't going to happen because I know they're saving that for bigger things and they're not going to have Rhea lose a match for her title on Monday Night Raw against Ivy Nile. But I thought Ivy Nile really, really held her own and really made a statement in this match to say to Rhea, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going away. I'm ready for another match if you are. And I enjoyed the match. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Yeah. Um, a little bit for you out there that may not know, um, Ivy Nile was never a professional wrestler. Um, she actually performed in the Titan Games which was hosted by The Rock. Um, it, it was a combination of like Ninja Warrior meets American Gladiators. There were tough games that you had to go through, and she was the female competitor that won the whole thing. Um, through The Rock and some other connections, she got introduced to the wrestling world, went to NXT Developmental, and now she's wrestling Monday Night Raw. Um day one against Rhea Ripley. And she held her own. I mean, for somebody with her size and stature, she's extremely muscular. Um, I mean, debatably the most muscular defined woman on the roster. Um, maybe. Because, I mean, nobody else. I mean, yeah, Raquel Strong and, you know, Rhea Ripley Strong and you know, you, you have others that are like that. Um, Zoe Stark has got some, but I mean, no, I mean, I was like a, sh a brick shit house. Um, and, and she really, really, really performed well in this match. Never at one point did I think she was going to win, but you had the thoughts a couple times that, oh, ooh, oh, me, me, no, definitely not. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you with this match grade. I gave it a B plus as well. And if I may add something, like you said about her strength and her muscles, unlike Raquel, if she if Ivy Nile flexes, there's something there. Yeah. I mean you can see when she you know, with Raquel, she just has the back, that's it. And in order to you know, if you're gonna flex, have something there. And Ivy Nile does. Mm -hmm. All right. Earlier in the show, they had made mention at, uh, about rumors flying around that a former WWE champion was going to make an appearance at day one. Um, I get the lead off for this. So, you know, you heard different things, rumors. Oh, it's going to be Andrade. Oh, it's going to be oh, MJF. Um, is it going to be a returning Big E? You know? And then, you know, okay, rumors started to come out even more. Um, and one rumor that I heard that it was going to be somebody that was not under contract with WWE. So, okay, all right, well, then I'm, you know, okay, that makes it seem more like MJF or Andrade. Um, 
And so then they said, okay, after the break, a former WWE champion returns to Raw. And I had talked with Mike earlier, and I'm like, you know what? I said, I'm just, I'm not going to get myself excited about this because I'm so used to WWE teasing these things and then it being nothing and it being something stupid. So lo and behold, who comes out? but Jinder Mahal. And I sat there in my living room in front of the TV and says, are you fucking kidding me? Pardon my language, but, you know, we're grown-ass adults, and sometimes adults cuss. I was like, are you, what the? So then I'm thinking, this is going to be an Indusheer promo, you know, talking about that and, and then he starts talking about himself. And then all of a sudden, there it goes. Um, the Rock's music hits. The roof blew off of the joint. I think there was another earthquake in Japan from the size of the crowd boom in San Diego. If not Japan, then probably Hawaii because that place exploded the Rock came down to the ring. They started jabbing, you know, John back and forth. Then they got a little physical. That's that's Mr. Trivia's thing. I need an in-ring promo with some physicality. Um, the Rock did the people's elbow. And after that, he picked up the mic and said thank you to San Diego. But And then it came out. Says, folks, he says, ah, you know, I'm a little hungry. Um, when he first started with that, I thought he was going to talk about um, eating pie. You know, the old school rock. And then he said, so when I go to the restaurant, should I sit at the booth? Or should I sit at the bar? And then, oh, yeah, yeah you know, the rock loves sitting at the bar. And then, <laughs> then it's like, or... Should I? And I'm sitting there, and I creep forward a little bit. Sit at the head of the table. And as this whole... And, and I'm going to give 250% credit to Rock's acting career. Because if this is something he's doing, even back in the day when he was, you know, full-time WWE, I don't think he could deliver that any more perfect than he did... After being been having been an actor for so long, because I guarantee he's take he's taken acting classes or gotten this, and he delivered that perfectly. I had goosebumps even now, going through social media and seeing other people's reactions to it. I still get giddy. Loved it. What turned out to be a D minus turned into an. A minus. Absolutely loved it. And we'll get into a little more about it in Nuggies News. But, Triv, what did you think? I, when I first heard the music, honestly, like I said to Greg, when I first heard the music, I thought it was a great colleague. Because the only thing I heard was like the Indian style music. And then Jinder Mahal came out and it was like, you got to be kidding me. 
And then I remembered, yeah, Jinder Mahal was a former WWE champion. Yeah. And as he was going on, starting to talk about the United States, how bad the country was, I'm saying, don't, don't bring out Sergeant Slaughter. Please don't. Yeah. And then when The Rock came out, the place lost their mind. Did you see the reaction of um, Samantha Irvin? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That was just amazing, and the crowd just blew it up. It was, oh, I mean, I, I gave it an A as well, but I read somewhere on one of the websites yesterday that because of what happened on Raw that night, they want to book The Rock versus Jinder Mahal at Elimination Chamber, the winner faces Roman. What? Yeah, I read it on one of the, and it was a, it was a website that I consider spiteful select. I consider them pretty, you know, pretty good website. And they said the Rock versus Jinder Mahal at uh, Elimination Chamber, the winner faces Roman. It's like that's then you know the Rock's gonna win. They're not gonna have oh, Jinder yeah, Mahal right. beat the Rock. Right. Right. Come on. So, but yeah, I gave it an A as well. I thought it was great. The Rock looks tremendous. And, I mean, if, if, if that place was outside, we would have heard the cheers all the way over here. That's yeah. how loud that crowd was. All so. right. After that, we went to a women's tag team match. Where, I mean, I don't, I don't remember if it was... I think it was touted as being a uh, number one contender's Next challenger um, for Caden Carter and and Katana Chance. Um, I know on SmackDown or maybe it's next week on Raw. Piper Niven and Chelsea Green get their rematch, um, but we had a matchup of Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark taking on Natalia and Tegan Knox. Trivia: I can see it's ruling. Waiting to talk about this. What did you think of the match? Well, first of all, Kevin, thanks for tuning in. It got my usual women's tag team match grade. Um, I'm still not. I'm still not overly impressed with Tegan Knox. I mean, Natalia. Well, I can't say I'm impressed with her either, but I give her kudos because of her longevity. No, I mean she. she she's been. She's been in the business for so long. I think Shane and Zoe make a good team. If you know, if they put them together a lot more, I think they would be a force to reckon with. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just wasn't really impressed with the match. I gave it a C plus. Wow, very generous, very, very generous. Um, a, I, I will say, which I, I told Mike in our uh, pre-show meeting ish that we had, um, I actually felt bad for for the women. Because they gave this match absolutely no time. Um, the the segment with The Rock and Jinder Mahal went a lot. And I read a lot longer than they expected. And and they... I mean... There's other things they could have done without. Um, that could have made up for time. Um, but... You know, so be it. And and these four women suffered, and so did the match. Um, 
I mean, you saying that, you know, you give Natalia kudos because of longevity is like saying, okay, I give kudos to the Chicago Bears because they've been in the NFL for so long. They still suck. Okay. They're horrible. They're bad. It, it doesn't matter. She's just not good anymore. Um, and I honestly think, you know, Tegan Knox, eh, could she be good? Yes. Could she be bad? Yes. Um, could she be better? Oh, absolutely. Didn't like anything about this match. It was just too quick. Um, so I'm actually giving it a full grade, grade lower than you in a D plus. Okay. After that, we then went to the main event of the evening. It was for the world heavyweight title as it was Drew McIntyre taking on Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins. I don't know if you can see my shirt or not. Um, but anyways, um, this was a premium live event worthy match, in my opinion. Um, could I have built an entire premium live event around this match? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it just goes to show you that, you know what, Triple H does know what he's doing. The slow heel turn for Drew McIntyre, um, giving him the opportunity to take on Seth Rollins. This match was, was really good. I really liked it. Um, Damien Priest coming down with Dirty Dom and a referee teasing the cash-in. With then the Claymore coming from Drew McIntyre to Damian Priest. So, oh, wait a minute. Now, Drew McIntyre is no longer involved with Seth Rollins. It's now Royal Rumble time, leading to WrestleMania. We need something for Drew McIntyre. So, hey, now we're going to get maybe a Drew McIntyre-Damian Priest feud. Because you already know there's a little between the two of them. Um... So, yeah, I, I really like this match. I gave this match an A-. minus. Okay. Yeah, I definitely like this match as well. Um, you know, when Drew came, when um, the match was going on, you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of two counts, close two counts. I just don't know why they're – I mean, maybe they're – if they're going to put the title on Drew, maybe they're going to do it at a premium live event. When? When? At this point, when? Bash at the... He did win the the title during the pandemic when there was nobody in the arena. And, uh... But this thing with Judgment Day, him and Damian Priest, I mean, I I can get behind that match on a premium live event. I think it would be great. Yeah. And, uh... I I enjoyed the match. I gave it... I gave it an A-minus as well. Okay. So, overall thoughts... Overall thoughts, I thought it was the best Monday Night Raw of the year. Ha-ha. That's because it was the first one. Uh, I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a solid B. Um, just, you know, the, the, the women's tag match. Um, it just – and then the uh, awkward – what was that? Sorry, there's a car going down my driveway and it sounded like a turkey going, gobble, gobble, gobble. 
Um, but yeah, solid, a nice solid B. Great way to start off Monday Night Raw. Or the right. year for Monday Night Raw. And that was our Monday Night Raw recap for the first of the year. Right now, we're going to go to our NXT show. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. No, excuse me. We're going to do Nuggies News and then our NXT show. I apologize. That's okay. I'm just, I, I didn't know we were changing the format, so you just caught me off guard for a moment there. Um, oh. All right. Well, first of all, let's, let's get to a little bit of injury news. Um, once again, we talked about Giovanni Vinci. He did get his bell rung. Um he was pulled out of the match for his own safety. He did walk backstage under his own power. Um, he released a tweet. Where did it go? Hold on. Uh, the, yeah, I should have had that pulled up already. Um, come on, come on, come on, come on. Where to go? Anyways, um, he he tweeted out in Italian. The translation was basically, um, thank you all, I'm fine. Um, once again, they stopped the match um, for possible concussion reasons. Um, to a, well, a former couple, um, two WWE superstars that are no longer a couple, they used to be a couple, uh, a little update on both of them. Braun Strowman, um, who's been out since June after having C C four and C five or C three and C four discs fused together in his neck, um, has finally gotten the clearance to start lifting weights, um, and he's excited because he says he's starting to look a little bit more like the Braun Strowman of the quote unquote Wyatt family than he was as the monster of all men, started to get that little um, belly gut going on. Um, says he's still not close to being able to take bumps. He's hoping for a return by the end of summer, but no other time official timetable has been revealed. Uh, for those of you that are out there that are wondering why we haven't seen Raquel, um, she has a, I guess, a severe case of, um, eczema, which turned into some type of skin infection that caused her face to swell, hands to swell, um, her elbows. She wasn't able to move a lot. And I guess it really physically takes a lot out of you. Um, she's recuperating. Once again, no timetable on her return. I know a lot of us would like to see her return, um, you know, into the Royal Rumble. But, you know, her health and, and uh, well-being, I mean, she said it, got, it gets so bad as she just, she doesn't go out in public. She, she said she was glad to go back to Texas where she had the help and support of her family. And we wish her we wish her a speedy recovery. Yes. Um, I pulled up an article here. Where to go? Where to go? Okay, I got a voicemail. Um, oh, another quick one. 
it was announced today that WWE will be holding Money in the Bank um, at the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto on July 6th. Um, this is following suit with other premium live events being held out of the country, although it is going to be in Toronto, so it'll be on its normal United States, quote-unquote, um, time zones um, as to where it'll be, you know, 8 o'clock here in the East Coast, 5 o'clock out there in the West Coast. Um, by July, Little Nug will be back in Florida, so we won't have to worry about affecting him getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to do a show with us at all. Um, but I, I, I had teased a little thing and put a little thing I saw on Twitter um, having showing Chelsea Green holding the Money in the Bank um, briefcase. So I'll just throw it out to you, Trib. What would you think if Chelsea Green would win the Money in the Bank ladder match and have that briefcase? Well, by July, she should have a she should have a, lot, a little bit more uh, wrestling ability. Like I said, I really don't. I really don't. I still really don't think she's that good in the ring. But uh, I I would be okay with it. Really. Yeah, I, I mean, by July, she should be having, you know, some kind of talent in the ring. But in July, I'd be okay with it. Okay. Um, I would love it. And the reason why I would love it is because, as I put on our page when I posted that question, um, the women have never had a failed cash-in. And I think Chelsea Green could be the perfect women's WWE superstar to be the first to failed, fail a cash-in. Because then they could do something where she feels like, you know, she was wronged and she's then going to go to Nick Aldis or go to Adam Pierce or want to go to the manager and just continue on with this com- complaining storyline. I was just going to say that. She'll complain to the manager. Um, which one of these do I want to pull up? Um, nah, I don't need that one. We'll do, come on, where'd you go? There you go. Um, we did our top rope foot awards for the year of 2023. Um, on Sunday, I have a bleach reports wrestling awards um they rank well the top 10 moments for wwe and aew but i'm going to go through these with you real quick um and the first one they gave was an honorable mention and it was and just tell me if you think these were moments to remember for 2023 um Tributes that they gave were the tribute, the honorable mention, um, were the tributes they gave for Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk, and Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe's obviously AEW. I don't think WWE did one. I know they made mention of it, but they did tributes for Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. Yes, that is 
is something that will be remembered for a long time. All right. Number 10. Now, 10 through 6, I'm just going to go off. I'm not going to really ask about each one individual, but these are 10 through 6. At 10, they have Rock Returns WWE. At 9, Puerto Rico welcomes their hometown heroes, Bad Bunny, Damian Priest, Selena Vega. Judgment Day captures all the gold. EO Sky cashes in Money in the Bank briefcase. And then Gunther breaks the Intercontinental Championship record. At number five, they list Randy Orton's return. Anything in those previous ones that you think could replace Randy Orton at number five? Alright, well we'll go through the rest. Yep. Jay Uso pins Roman Reigns. Oh yep, okay. That's okay. something that I don't remember. CM Punk's return. Okay. That's definitely something they're still talking about. Okay. Sami Zayn turns on the bloodline with the Chair shot her around the world. Okay, I think uh, I, I think that one. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for tuning in. I think that one and Randy Orton should be switched. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Maybe I'm saying that because Randy's return is still fresh. You know, he just came back, and people are still buzzing about it. I mean, people are really, really. I mean, they're buzzing about Randy Orton, not about his return. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm. Well, I'll give you the number one that they have listed as the biggest moment in WWE for 2023. WWE merges into TKO. I don't think that should be number one. Okay. Anywhere specifically on that list this should be? And, I mean, we didn't do our most memorable, that's the word we didn't do, our most memorable moment of the year. Yeah. Well, I think because there was so much hype afterwards, and, you know, I can't say there was so much hype. Because a lot of the fans didn't expect it. But to be honest with you, I think number one should have been the return of CM Punk. I mean, the crowd, his his pop when he came out was louder than, I think was a little bit louder than Orton's. I mean, people just went nuts. And I say that because people expected somewhere down the line that Randy was going to come back. Mm-hmm. They didn't know when or where. Nobody expected CM Punk, in my opinion, to come back to WWE after the way he left 10 years ago. Right. Okay. So, I, in my opinion, I think that should be number one. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, granted, 
yeah, it was a, a holy shit, oh my god moment that he came back. I just, it, when I looked at back at 2023, right now, you know, being, you know, January 3rd, I don't know, I don't know how big of an impact that's going to make in 2023, but I know how big of an impact it made on the bloodline with Sami Zayn hitting Roman Reigns with a chair. So I can't, I, I mean, yes, I agree. I mean, the biggest news story of the year was, you know, Endeavor officially becoming a 51%, you know, owner of WWE and then them forming TKO, but that's not going to be the most memorable. Right. I think that should be out of the top five. I mean, I think Gunther's title reign should be in the top five, 100%. And so should the return of our truth. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Oh, that's why my phone's beeping at me. Um, and... One other thing. Um... There is a Peacock special tonight. 2024 um, preview where it is being touted that Triple H will be making a major announcement. Oh, I guess I watched that. Um, that starts at 8 o'clock. Now, in rumors flying around as to what it could be, um, anywhere from all it's going to be is a repeat of the announcement of um, Money in the Bank being in Toronto. Uh, but a very, very, very thing, interesting thing to take note of, and this is the another rumor that's flying around. Um, for those of you who don't know, Impact is now, as of January 1st, once again, now called TNA Wrestling. TNA Wrestling is now owned by Endeavor, the same company that owns WWE and UFC. They've also, TNA's also changed the moniker of having premium, I'm having pay-per-views to having premium live events. So there is this little rumor going around that TNA is going to announce a two worlds collide premium live event where they're going head to head with NXT talent. I think it's pretty widely known that TNA doesn't really have the talent to battle the WWE's main roster. Right. Um, but well, I can't say it right. It, it's it's looking like there is going to be a partnership, um, which also might start with the TNA Knockouts Champion Trinity 
showing up at the Royal Rumble, just like Mickey James did last year as the Impact Women's Champion. Um, so do you think this could be good for NXT or are we just, you know what, NXT is what NXT is, just leave it alone? Well, I'm speaking on, on the, I'm going by, I haven't seen a TNA, I haven't seen a TNA show in well over a year. I don't know who's on their roster, I don't know what kind of talent they have. But I think, you know, I think it could be good for NXT. You know, give them a little bit more um, exposure, going against different people, going against, you know, the women's division, like you said, Trinity, the champion, going against different female wrestlers. I think it would be good for NXT. Okay. All right. And that's Nuggies News for this week. Trivia, what do you got for some indie shows? Okay, I have a couple to to report on here. I have uh, Outcast Championship Wrestling, January nineteenth, twenty twenty four. Mike, you got it. You got to stay in front of the oh, camera. I don't want. We don't need to see your ear when you're reading. Sorry. Um, at January nineteenth, twenty twenty four, at Legends Sports Bar in Bristol, Connecticut. Some of the matches that have been signed already. Uh, tickets, first of all, are ten dollars. General admission is or general admission is ten dollars. Fifteen is ringside. But this is what caught me originally. The doors open at seven. The show starts at ten thirty. Because it's at a, it's at a, they booked it at a place where they're having a comedy that night. So they're going to have comedians there as well. For some reason, I don't know why, but. That's just what they do at Legend Sports Bar, I guess. Uh, some of the matches that have been signed are Dirtbag Dan against the Connecticut hardcore icon Bull Dread, Champion versus Champion, the Underground King against Ichiban, the tag team title match, Counter Strike against Miracle Generation, which is a tremendous tag team. You get a chance to see him, don't miss him. The women's title match, Karen Bam Bam versus Evie De La Rosa. Also, they're going to have Cade Lothbrook, L-O-T-H-B-R-O-O-K, against Alan Compass. Alan Compass has appeared on numerous indie shows, including PAPW. Uh, Stevie Legend versus a mystery opponent. Um, there hasn't been any rumors as to, you know, I saw the silhouette, and, you know, to me, all silhouettes look the same. Uh, Ala Ding Ding from Pyramids of Power is going to be in a singles match against Darvell Riley, uh, a former guest on the top row before. Lou Jacobs will go against Jay Outcast. And then another woman's match is Naroma Taza versus Daji Simmons. So you definitely don't want to miss that. It's Outcast Championship Wrestling, wow. which is July, which is January 19th, 2024, at Legend Sports Bar. Also, January 20th, the next night, PAPW presents New Year's Resolution, which will be at the 
um, BAPW training facility at 662 Co Avenue in East Haven, Connecticut. Some of the matches that have been signed are a women's match, Jamie Chaos against Skylar Gray. We all know Skylar Gray from uh, Battle Academy. Ryan Frost, the new PAPW United States champion, defends his title in a rematch against former champion Troy Stevens. Alan Compass versus Jekyll. Kevin Kidd versus a, a newcomer named Mooch. Don't know much about him. Sean Silver and Jermaine Marbury against the Pyramids of Power. <clears throat> Excuse me. Clipper Jones versus Gimmick Gibbs, who used to be the Amish guy, uh, Zachariah Gibbs. He's now known as Gimmick Gibbs. And also a special appearance by PAPW champion Hunter Tarka. So that is PAPW's New Year's resolution, Saturday, January 20th, 662 Co. Avenue in East Haven, Connecticut. And that's what I have for my indie shows for this week. What did I just, oh, there it is. Okay. Sorry. I thought I lost the paper for uh, NXT. So, <clears throat> yeah, so right now we're going to be discussing New Year's Evil. Uh, the the, just, just, just a little correction I just wanted to verify. It is no gimmicks, Gibbs. Oh, no gimmicks, Gibbs. Okay. Yes. I apologize for that. Folks. No gimmicks, Gibbs. Okay. I apologize to no gimmick, Gibbs, and to the people out there watching. I just want to, you know, correct myself as Greg did. Clipper Jones versus No Gimmick Gibbs. PAPW's New Year's resolution. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. Yeah, so right now we're going to be discussing New Year's Evil from NXT. So yes, we will. I, will start us, I will start us off with this one whenever you're ready. Okay. And NXT, New Year's Evil followed suit with... Um, Monday Night Raw and gave us a women's match to start off the show as it was the NXT Women's Champion Lyra Valkyria taking on the challenger the sole survivor challenger Blair Davenport Trev, what'd you think? I thought it was a good match I mean, I like Blair Davenport I think she's a good talent but Lyra's the champion I mean, Lyra is going to do whatever she needs to do to hold on to that title. She's a good, she's, you know, turning out to be a good female champion, good NXT champion. She beat the best, Becky Lynch, to get the title. Uh, there was a lot of two counts in this match, a lot of back and forth action. I thought it was a really good match. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I did like the match. Um, I've, I've seen um, a lot in Lyra Valkyrie before she became champion. Um, I just liked her, her ring style. Um, and a lot of what she is doing now is kind of the same evolution that I saw in Becky Lynch through NXT. I'm not saying she's going to become the, you know, the best woman in all professional wrestling like I think Becky Lynch is, debatably. 
because um, I don't think she has that size. But um, I think she's a very talented wrestler. Blair Davenport, I still get this um, Paige vibe when, when I see her wrestle. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Um, they don't really even look alike. It's just there's just something about her that I get when she wrestles. Um, it kind of makes me just get that Paige vibe. I'm probably the only one, but hey, you know, it's me. Um, but I did like this match. Um, after the match was over, we had the uh, women's NXT breakout champion, Lola Vice, teasing a cash-in. And then that, oh, what the hell is her lady? Um, Paxley something or other um, came out of the crowd and, and attacked Lola before she can try and, you know, challenge the beaten down Lyra Valkyria. Um, oh, she was the kooky one that came out? Yeah. Yeah. Paxley, yeah, Paxley. I didn't know what her name was. Okay. Yeah, Paxley something or other. Um, weird, weird, weird fucking chick. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy this. It was a great way to start it out. Um, the first match, and it was as it was advertised, the first 30 minutes of NXT was commercial free. Woohoo! A whole 30 minutes without a commercial. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with your grade of a uh, of a B plus. Um, after no commercials, but a couple ads, I don't know, <laughs> a couple promos, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. They had a little video vignette. Um, I forget which one was first, but they they touted up the. Uh, Men's NXT Breakout Tournament Final. I think this is when Riley Osborne was earlier in the show. Um, Oba Femi was later in the show. But we then went to the next match as it was the No Quarter Catch Crew. Represented by Drew Gulak. Um, oh, what the hell is that other guy's name? Something Dempsey. Yeah, Charlie Dempsey and then that other guy, something Kemp. Um, Damien Kemp or Yes, something that's like that. it. That's it. Yeah, Damien Kemp. Um, and then LWO came out, um, but it was – this match came about with Dragon Lee needing – Del Toro and Cruz or to help him against the no catch quarter whatever the fuck they are <laughs> QCC um, yeah. but it was then announced that Dragon Lee was unable to perform don't know why have no idea why they never made mention as to why I haven't seen anything anywhere as to why he wasn't there. Um, but his replacement was Carlito. Um, so we then had this six-man tag match. Um, 
and I lead us off for this one, and it was okay, except for one part of the match where... What the fuck? Sorry, there's a whole bunch of Chinese writing. Um... I don't remember which one it was. Which one of the guys from LWO, but Gulak, Dempsey, and Kemp were outside on the on the uh, the little aisle there. Oop, hold on one second. And once again, I don't remember which one it was, but he got flung on the outside of the ring off the middle rope. And flew, had to be 25 feet in the air and out and, and landed all three guys as they kind of propelled him through the air. Um, the overall match, I would have given a C to a C minus two, but just because that one move, I'm going to give this whole match a C plus. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know very much about this new quarter crew. That's how I wrote it down on here. Um, the LWO, well, I mean, I really could care less if Carlito came out and joined him because, you know, Carlito's old school and I, I've seen, I've seen enough of Carlito over the years, but, um, it was an okay match. I believe the guy you were talking about was Cruz del Toro, the one that took the fly. Uh, but yeah, that was impressive. And that, that saved the match, I believe. And, um, I gave it a, I gave it a C, uh, C minus. Oh, okay. All right. After that, we then went to a singles matchup, whereas Roxanne Perez taking on Ariana Grace. Trib? Well, the only thing I enjoyed really about this match was Roxanne Perez is getting a lot more aggressive in the ring. And I really like that. I don't think Ariana Grace is all that good of a performer. That's just my opinion. But I really like Rock, Roxanne in this match. I mean, she would, just the look on her face at the end of the match, it's like she's getting a lot more aggressive uh, in her matches, after her matches. I I thought the match was, was good. Um, there was a couple of things that probably could have been better, but I thought the match was good. I liked it because of Roxanne's, I call it, you know, her her new attitude. It's not official that, you know, she's either heel or face. I'm pretty sure she's more, still, still more of a face than anything. Who's that? Uh, um, Roxanne Perez. Oh, yeah, she's definitely a face. Yeah, but like I said, she seemed to be a lot more aggressive uh, in this match. I just gave it a plain B. Okay. Um, yeah, Ariana Grace is, is, for those of you that don't know, is Santina Morello's daughter. Um, and I, I see more of the comedic side of, and performer side of Santino Morella in Ariana Grace than any wrestling ability that Santino had, which may come. Um, I mean, you can't teach, you can teach somebody how to wrestle. Uh, I mean, we've seen football players, we've seen gymnasts, gymnasts, um, We've seen people of all walks of life become professional wrestlers, 
but you you can't teach somebody to be that annoying little gnat that Ariana Grace is. Um, so I think just give her time, let her develop. That's why she's in NXT. Um, but I totally agree about Roxanne Perez. Um, I mean, one one little thing that I'd always said about her is that when when she hits you, it, it looks like you're getting hit with a pillow. It, nothing that she did looked fierce, and that's starting to change, which is something I need to see out of Roxanne Perez. Do I think we're ever going to see Roxanne Perez make an impact on the main roster? Eh. I mean, okay, she's still 21, 22 years old, so she still has plenty of time. Um, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this match was pretty good. Um, like the ending, you know, she, she had won the match, and then due to her putting Ariana Grace in, in the uh, crossface and not releasing it after the match was over, the referee changed the decision. Um, I've never, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. So this was a first for me. And uh, yeah, I, I'm going to agree with your great overall of this match being a B. Okay. And I, before we get into this next match, I believe this is the first time that I can recall that NXT had three women's matches on the same show. I don't ever recall them having three women's matches on the same night on the same show. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would venture. I, I, I would. I would have to. I would have to say I know they have. Um, I'm pretty sure that there were women. There was a singles women's match. Um, the same nights that they were doing the breakout tournament. Uh, I'm I'm ninety nine percent certain. I don't. I couldn't okay. tell you exactly what the match was, but uh, I'm pretty certain I remember seeing that. But right. doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um. There was a backstage segment where Ava was seen coming out of Shawn Michaels' office, and the new backstage reporter Kelly Kincaid asked her what she was doing. Um. She then revealed that she is. Um, Shawn Michaels' assistants, assistant, and then announced that next week starts the Men's Dusty Cup. For those of you who don't know what the Dusty Cup is, is I think, I believe it's eight tag men's tag teams that wrestle in a little tournament to determine um, the Dusty Cup champion which gets a trophy of, I believe, of Dusty Rhodes, and a challenge at the men's um, tag team titles. Um, we then saw Baron Corbin talking with Ron Breaker, and they've agreed to become a team to dominate this competition. We also saw Nathan Frazier and Axiom have a little thing where they've decided to team up to enter the competition. Um, we then went to another women's match where it was Tiffany Stratton taking on 
Fallon Henley, where the winner, or I say the loser of the match, was either the other's servant or farmhand, I believe, for a day. Um, I get to lead us off with this one. Um, this, with the exception of the little slip that Tiffany Stratton had on the top rope, um, and I mean, just the move itself that she does or attempts to do is difficult enough. Um, but she still was able, she had a little slip, but I, I believe the move was still completed as it was supposed to be. If not, they really were able to improvise really quickly on the fly. But this match showed me why, in my opinion, the Royal Rumble will maybe not WrestleMania till after WrestleMania, but the Royal Rumble will be Tiffany Stratton introduct, introduction to the main roster. Um, and then I see her on the main roster just after WrestleMania and making an, a, a brief impact on the roster. I think her time in NXT is is very small. Um, Fallon Henley has gone from being a little, you know, pretty little side note to uh, Jensen and Briggs and this whole bar thing that they had before, you, you know, last year, Keanu James tried buying and yada, 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 to being a very good in-the-ring performer. She's developed very well in just over the last year. Um, so it'll be pretty interesting to see what happened to her and where she goes. But I this match was a really good match. Eh, uh, am I really was I overly surprised that Tiffany Stratton lost? Mm, mm, yes and no. It makes more sense for the storyline and Tiffany Stratton's character for her to be the farmhand than to make Henley scrub her toilets. I think just for the storyline, it makes watching Tiffany Stratton shovel horse manure and cow shit than, you know, Henley vacuuming and whatever. Right. Um, but, yeah, this was a really good match. I gave it an A-. minus. Okay, yeah, because, you know, somewhere along the line when she's shoveling that stuff, she's going to slip and fall on it, so... That'll make it interesting. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this match as well. Um, I agree with you on the Tiffany Stratton part. I mean, she's going to be up on the main roster. Um, Fallon Henley, she has come a long way. I, I really, I'd have to say this was, in my opinion, this was right up there with the Blair Davenport Lyra match. I thought it was really good. The talent on these two women are tremendous. And there's really, you know, I mean, yeah, I was surprised a little bit that Tiffany Stratton lost, but kind of figured that was going to happen because you're going to take a rich woman that's actually going to go on and do some dirty work, get her hands dirty and everything. So that's going to make it interesting to see that, to see her do that. I gave it an A. Okay. Um... 
had a little another little backstage thing, little locker room thing where Gigi Dolan was sitting in, you know, in the locker room talking to some of the other girls, and she was actually sitting inside Cora Jade's um, locker area, and they had a little competition. They'll be fighting one on one next week on NXT. We then went to the men's breakout tournament final where it was Oba Femi taking on Riley Osborne from Chase University. Trev, what did you think of this match? I've been waiting to talk about this match. Uh, Riley Osborne is a really, really good talent. Oba Femi has quite a bit of talent. Is very, very powerful, but can't tell a move worth a shit. I mean, I was watching some of those things, and he was some of those moves that Riley Osborne was putting on him. Oba Femi looked real stiff, and you know he won the match. I thought it was. I would say I think performance-wise and power-wise, the right guy won because Oba Femi's a strong guy. I never really heard of him in any other sport or or whatever. But I think he'll make a big impact in NXT. Um, he's, you know, once he gets a little bit better in the ring, and, you know, in my opinion, I think he needs to learn to sell a little bit more. But I thought it was an okay match. I gave it a B minus. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can debate you here really quickly on, on Oba Femi. Now, well, not maybe debate, but just give, give a different way to look at it. Him, Riley Osborne, doing moves against him. Could it not be that he that Obafemi wasn't selling them right, uh, or could it have been that that's? It's like you know what, if you get hit by a baseball, you feel it. If you get hit by a ping pong ball, eh. So could it just be that they're trying to build him up to being a dominant, strong man that you can't knock down, you can't beat up? Um, kind of like Omos. Right, right. Where So, I mean, it, it could be that, that he needs to adjust to to make it look like somebody's moves don't affect him as much as it would affect a lesser opponent. So just oh, okay. maybe, you know, and maybe he needs to work on that as well. Um, I, I was disappointed that Riley Osborne didn't win. I thought he performed very well. I thought for sure he was going to win, especially when they were doing a little, you know, I've been doing a little backstage segments with uh, Thea Hale um, having this massive wild crush on her. I mean, he gave her a high five and she was all, I'm never washing his hand again. You know, JC Jane kind of pumping her up. Um, trying to, trying to, you know, get her to, you know, flirt with him, whatever. And, uh, so I was kind of surprised that he lost, but I wasn't because of how strong and big and dominant-looking Obafemi could be, Obafemi, whatever his name is. Um, so, 
And the match was good. Some of the athletic things that, that Riley Osborne can do in the ring are, are ridiculous. I, I think he didn't need to win the breakout tournament to be a breakout star. I think he's going to be able to do that on his own when he's given the right opportunity, and I think he will be given that opportunity. Um, but I'm going to agree with you with the grade for this match of a B-. minus. And I also agree with you that, you know, maybe Obafemi just doesn't sell him properly. So, okay. alrighty. Um, after the next match, or after that, we then went to, the, to a little backstage thing with Chase U and Duke Hudson talking with Andre Chase. And Andre Chase looks more of a mess of a mess every show. And JC Jane said that he needed to take care of himself and that Riley Osborne was going to be tagging with Duke Hudson and entering the Dusty Cup tournament and that she was going to save Chase University with the big proclamation. Um, we then had, I don't know if you graded it or if it's just worth mentioning, the Ridge Holland backstage interview. No, I didn't grade it. Okay. Um, but Sarah Schreiber, who I thought was, I mean, I know that I had read that she was removed from NXT as the backstage correspondent that Kelly Kincaid was now doing, but I thought that meant she like left WWE, but apparently not. She was backstage talking Rich Holland, um, Red Town was talking about times that he got hurt, people that he hurt, but at no point in time was it mentioned that he dropped Big E on his head and caused him to break his neck, which I was kind of confused about. I thought that would be something that they could build into the storyline somehow, but nope. Um... It was announced earlier in the night that Ela Dragunov was not medically cleared for the number one contenders or for the title match against Trick Williams. So Grayson Waller showed up, and there was a little backstage conversation with Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, and Grayson Waller, where Carmelo Hayes offered up Trick Williams' number one contender slot to Grayson Waller if he beat him. So that was the final match of the night. It was a one-on-one match between Trick Williams and Grayson Waller. Um, what'd you think? Oh, you go first on this one, don't you? I do? No, that's right. Yeah, sorry. I was just talking so much. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the, I mean, Grayson Waller is the was a good substitute for this one night. What whatever they're doing with Ilya Dragunov, did he really get hurt? Did he not really get hurt? If it's just a storyline, don't know. I really, I haven't seen anything. Um, I thought after last week when he ripped off his neck brace that it was all storyline. Maybe it's still storyline. Um, earlier in the show, after this match was made official, uh, it was stated that a, a former NXT champion, 
um, sent a tweet out that maybe he was going to show up. So for the next hour, you're thinking, who is this former NXT champion? I was running through them all in my head. But this was a good match. I think Grayson Waller was the perfect heel to put against Trick Williams. Um, Carmelo Hayes was told to stand back and then, for whatever reason, came running out towards the end um, with one of Trick Williams' shirts. I, I don't know. Um, okay, Jesus phone. And it was a good back and forth match. Yes, it looked like at times Grayson Waller was going to win. There were times it looked like Trick Williams was going to win. And then towards the end, the mystery former NXT champion that was supposed to show up was Kevin Owens, who then punched Grayson Waller, who then and then threw him back in the ring. Trick Williams gets his finisher, and that's the end of the show. Still nothing as to why Carmelo came down, what he was doing, what he was trying to do, what he wasn't trying to do. <sighs> don't get it. Don't know where they're going with it. Um, I think eventually, unfortunately, they're going to do like to do with everything else, and they're going to wind up having a one-on-one -on -one match, yep. one way, one how. Um, but I gave this match a B-. minus. Okay. Yeah, I was surprised to see Grayson Waller there and, you know, getting the match, filling in for Dragon Up. I like Trick Williams. I think he's got a, a, a big future ahead of him. Do you really? Um, I think he does, yeah. Why? I don't see him being on the, on the main roster anytime soon, but I think he's going to have a big future ahead of him. He's, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, he's athletic. That's it right there. Stop right there. He's athletic. He can't wrestle for shit. He can't. Oh, I, I, I think he does okay. Mm. Right. I mean, he was, he was the Iron Survivor, and but um, I enjoyed the match. Kevin Owens was nice to see him coming out. You know, punch Grayson Waller dead in the face, which I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah, but I think there's going to be an issue between Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes somewhere down the line. Might see that at one of their pay-per-view matches down the road a ways. But um, I enjoyed it. I gave it a B plus. Now, do you think at some point it's going to come out that Carmelo Hayes had something to do with Trick Williams getting laid out when he did? Yep. And I look at it this way. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but a while ago when they had that problem with Bozo and Big Ass, they yeah. couldn't remember who, they couldn't figure out who attacked Enzo. And then eventually it was revealed that it was... Um, Big cast that did it. I think they're going to play it up like that. Okay. Mm. They're going to have the thing backstage with the camera, and oh, they're going to zoom in on the face and find out it was Carmelo. Yeah, but I would, so, I would, I would think by now that would have already happened. I mean, how long ago did Trick Williams get laid out? Yeah. You know, I can't see a, a, a you know, mysterious you know, camera all of a sudden popping up. But anyways, so overall, I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll echo what trivia said. It was the best NXT of the year. Um, boom, boom. Um, but no, it was, it was a good NXT. 
for one of the first times in a while. I don't think it was better than Monday Night Raw. Um, so I'm going to give this a low B minus. Okay. I definitely agree with the grade. I thought it was a good show. I mean, like I said, I wasn't really um, remember the last time, uh, other than the tournament, that I saw, you know, three women's matches, which were actually good matches on the same show. I mean, yeah. there were three there were three good women's matches. And uh, I think NXT has still got, you know, still got a lot of talent on their roster. I expect a couple of them in the Royal Rumble. And um, I gave it a B minus as well. Okay. So, and that's our NXT preview for tonight. And we have the, the Royal Rumble. God, it's been so long since the premium live event. Uh, I mean, I don't know that, I mean, somebody had asked me if this was, if that's the time of year where they start talking about Hall of Famers, the Hall of Fame inductions. And I think right after the Royal Rumble, they'll start mentioning who they're going to put in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's your nine weeks or whatever to WrestleMania, so. Right. But, I, but I'm looking forward to seeing the Royal Rumble and uh, we'll see who's going to be in it. If there's any surprises like they usually have once in a while, they'll have a couple of surprises in it. And, right. You know, it's been a while since we've seen a premium live event, so we will be doing a prediction show as we do every year. Yeah. Which every premium live event, which will be our first prediction show of 2024. So, anything else you'd like to add, Greg? Oh, yeah, there's a bunch I'd like to add. What do you, do you need to go to the bathroom or anything? You good for a few more minutes? Go right so, ahead. So, I mean, I didn't want to get into it. Um, I mean, I didn't want to get into it talking about Monday Night Raw, but once again, this thing with The Rock teasing that, you know, he wanted to be at the head of the table. So speculation is he's going to go one-on-one -on -one with Roman Reigns. Now, the two different scenarios that, that I have seen, or, you know, is that it's going to be at WrestleMania. Night two, main event, Philadelphia, 70,000 screaming fans smelling what The Rock is cooking? Um, or is it going to be possibly at, at church? Somebody else mentioned it um, in a social media post that maybe they could do Roman Reigns versus The Rock in Australia. Um, in front of 70,000 fans in Australia, and this way Cody Rhodes could take on Roman Reigns. So I guess my question to you is, financially, and which, which would make a bigger splash in the pond for WWE or in the lake or in the ocean, whatever. Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, or Roman Reigns versus The Rock, in your well, opinion. This might sound crazy, but I think 
Hawkins versus The Rock would make a huge impact with no title on the line. Because I think they're going to have The Rock win the match, but I can't see them make The Rock champion. Mm, yeah, I don't, I mean, okay. I mean, Cody, I think Cody against Roman at WrestleMania is, is where they're going to go. So Cody can, quote unquote, finish the story and win at WrestleMania and win the title. Then why do we get Roman Reigns, why do we get The Rock teasing being at the head of the table? Well, you still you you can still have them at uh, you can still have that match at Elimination Chamber. The Rock against Roman. But then, if The Rock beats Roman, doesn't doesn't that kind of make Cody's eventual win over Roman Reigns, who's no longer the Tribal Chief, he's no longer at the head of the table. So doesn't that make it less important of a match to have Roman Reigns against Cody Rhodes? Yeah, because if you want Cody to finish the story, you want him to beat Roman while he's still at a powerful stage. Right. So my my, I guess where I'm kind of going with this is assuming we get CM Punk against Seth Rollins. Um. And we get The Rock against Roman Reigns. Who do you see that they can put Cody Rhodes up against at WrestleMania? The only thing I would say they'd have to go with is Cody Rhodes against Nakamura. Do you think you're going to carry that all the way to WrestleMania? Yeah, I know. I mean, that... I think, yeah, I know, that's that's a good point, too. I mean, if they carry it out to WrestleMania, it might end up getting stale. And, now, yeah, I know, I mean, I know one, of the, one of the big matches they're talking about is Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, on the WrestleMania stage... I mean, you could put Brock Lesnar in the ring with Akira Tozawa and the fans would love it. At this point, any match that Brock Lesnar in is a big match. Yes? No? Yeah. So what if we find... I don't know. I, I've been reading that they've been looking at Omos as a Brock Lesnar type where, you know what, he's only coming out for something big. What if they just gave us a bullshit storyline between Brock Lesnar and Omos? Let them, whatever. Um, you know, let, let Brock Lesnar juice it up for a couple months and <laughs> give Omos seven um, suplexes. I don't care. But have Cody Rhodes go up against Gunther at I WrestleMania? I was just thinking that. That would be that would be tremendous. But then, where does that leave Randy Orton? Where does that leave AJ Styles? 
You know, they have their triple threat match with LA Knight coming up tomorrow on SmackDown where the winner gets right. a shot at Roman. In my opinion, I think AJ Styles is going to win that match. I, I don't. I don't. Randy Orton has been out for a year and a half. He needs to be able to get his hands on Roman Reigns. Okay. But then, but then you but then like I said, if you put the Rock and Roman and then Cody and Gunther, where does that leave those guys? Do you see an AJ Styles versus Randy Orton match? No, I could see I mean I I don't know. It's just you know, we have two nights of WrestleMania. So you can do 10 matches either night. You can find a way to get all these guys on the card. Um, one other another thing that I had, I had seen was following the bouncing ball that Cody Rhodes, yes, he wants to finish his story. But does Cody Rhodes have to finish his story by beating Roman Reigns? I think he does because that's the one title that eluded his father. Okay, I know. Right. Does he have to defeat Roman Reigns? In other words... He doesn't have to defeat Roman Reigns. He just has to defeat the person that has the title. So, if... At the Royal Rumble, when Randy Orton is taking on Roman Reigns, in the match, towards the end, we get, if you smell, which causes Roman Reigns to turn around and look at where the rock quote-unquote, is supposed to be coming out, and The Rock's not there, he then turns around, gets RKO'd out of nowhere, Randy Orton is your champion, Cody Rhodes wins the Royal, has already won the Royal Rumble, he challenges Randy Orton, that's now the co-main event of night two, where The Rock still gets to go against Roman Reigns to be the true head of the table, and Cody can finish his story by beating Randy Orton. I would love to see that play out, which is what I said. You know, Rock versus Roman without a title on the line. Um, well, but that would that would be only if Roman didn't have yeah. the title, and that would be a tremendous way to play it out. That would be awesome. And if I wanted to see something go down that way, I would love to see it go down that way. Yeah. Now, I don't think at this point, I don't think we need to see CM Punk win the Royal Rumble to go one-on-one -on -one with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I agree. Um, and I think the only way you're going to get Cody Rhodes, Roman, obviously as if Cody were to win the Royal Rumble because Cody's uh, a Monday Night Raw superstar and Roman Reigns. Yeah. 
is on SmackDown. Yep. Now let me throw this one out to you. It might be possible. Could it be possible that CM Punk beats Seth Rollins? Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes challenges CM Punk for the title. When? When? When does CM Punk beat Seth Rollins? At WrestleMania. So when does Cody? Wait, that was that was dumb. Okay, I I I shot myself in the foot on that one. I mean, uh, could I envision them saying, "All right." Let's call an, call an audible and say, okay, yeah, we're going to get Seth and CM Punk, but then Cody throws his name in the ring and make that a triple threat and leave Roman versus The Rock Knight too? I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I can, I, can see, I can see what you're saying. I really uh, say fuck it all and say let Akira Tozawa win and then yeah. challenge Gunther. Right. Or our truth, one of the two. So, but anyway, alrighty, well, that's, uh, that, uh, and if you don't have anything else to add, uh, those were some good points that were made. I mean, I'm glad we were able to talk about those. Want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, it was a good show tonight, a very good show. Um, so, on behalf of the Nubster, Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you on our next show on Sunday.